The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. We actually have some good news to start with today. Obviously, this is a context of lots of really bad news, but it seems as though Dr. Anthony Fauci's completely outrageous and adversarial relationship with the White House is going to be repaired the day that President elect Joe Biden is sworn in just six and a half weeks from now, because we've learned that Joe Biden spoke to Dr. Fauci and has first and foremost confirmed that Dr. Fauci, um, Joe Biden wants Dr. Fauci to stay in his role at the NIH as the head, um, essentially that the 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 head of, of fighting pandemics, as the case effectively is in the United States. And in addition to this, Joe Biden has offered Dr. Anthony Fauci the role of chief medical advisor to the White House. And Dr. Fauci says that he accepted this offer on the spot. Here is video of Anthony Fauci being interviewed on NBC by Savannah Guthrie. They also spoke about a hundred day masking campaign, which uh, Joe Biden has already asked Dr. Fauci about. And I want to talk about that as well. So let's take a look at this clip. Joe Biden said in an interview yesterday on his uh, inauguration, he's going to ask Americans to wear a mask for 100 days. He said just 100 days, not forever. Is that enough or do you feel like that might put an artificial time limit on how long people may need to be wearing masks? No, no, he didn't mean it that way. I spoke to him about that. What he wants, he just wants to get, and it's a good idea, uniform. He's saying, hey, folks, trust me, everybody for 100 days. Now, it might be that after that, we're still going to need it, but he just wants it, everybody for a commitment for 100 days. And I discussed that with him, and I told him I thought that was a good idea. He also said when he spoke to you, he asked you to continue in your role, which you've had under six presidents, but also to serve as his chief medical advisor. Uh, Will you do that? Did you say yes? Oh, absolutely. I said yes right on the spot. Yeah. We have to hope that the combination of the vaccine starting to roll out, although likely a bit of a slower rollout than we would like, Uh, combined with sanity entering the White House, combined with hopefully better treatments becoming available. We are hoping that this will give us a much better March than we are likely to see in January and February. And then hopefully this will give us a better second quarter of 2021 than we are likely to see in the first quarter of 2021. And then hopefully we will have a better second half of 2021 than what the first half will be. Um, But let's talk briefly about this hundred day mask thing. I talked about this yesterday during uh, during a live stream a little bit. This is already being framed as some kind of right wing authoritarian nightmare police state where Joe Biden is deploying federal troops to force people to wear masks. Now, I want to remind you, the authoritarian nightmare is Trump and Trump's leaving. It was Trump who used the military for domestic law enforcement and sent the military into protests. That was authoritarian. It's Trump who claims he won an election that he lost. That's authoritarian. It's Trump who has been attacking a free press and attacking individual journalists. That's authoritarian. And I could go on. Joe Biden can't actually affect a mask mandate. Don't forget this. When we hear about Joe Biden will ask all Americans to wear a mask, that's literally what it will be. He will ask Americans to wear a mask. He can also and will ask governors 
to push mask wearing and put in place mask mandates, at least from the standpoint of commerce and businesses. Joe Biden cannot legally put in place a mask mandate. So everybody's saying the mask mandate he will put in is authoritarian. He will not because he cannot put in place a mask mandate. Now, lots of people will ignore it. Hopefully many won't and we'll be able to work together to reduce the number of cases and the number of deaths as we start to vaccinate people, hopefully as soon as a week from today. But the big story is Dr. Fauci staying on and getting a bigger role. Government living in reality is going to come back. We really need that desperately. We also need to be revering the doctors that are spending their careers trying to keep people healthy under Trump. Dr. Fauci started to need full time armed security for himself and for his family. This is not normal. That's insanity. There are very sick people in this country that made armed security a necessity for Dr. Fauci. We have to reverse that now. Now, you might be wondering, why would Joe Biden do this? Isn't Joe Biden worried and jealous that Anthony Fauci might end up with a higher approval rating than Joe Biden? Uh, and the answer is no, we're not worried about that. Joe Biden is not going to uh, uh, determine which doctors he hires based on whether they have higher or lower approvals. Remember Donald Trump complaining at a rally uh, and at press briefings that somehow Fauci has a higher approval rating than Trump uh, has. We've had uh, terrible luck, really. Uh, it's really Dr. Fauci's bad luck when we needed him the most and not that we didn't need him during Ebola, not that we didn't need Fauci during HIV and SARS. We did. But when we needed Fauci the most during a global hundred year pandemic, we have a president who doesn't listen to Fauci and actually attacks Fauci to such a degree that Fauci needs armed security. It's truly insane. The good news is that at least this aspect of the insanity of this administration is going to be reversed. It's important to keep an eye on the things that administrations do in the waning days of a presidency. Barack Obama did many things in the last days of his presidency. George W. Bush also did. And one of the things that the outgoing Trump administration did is on December 1st, they rolled out their new citizenship test for new prospective U.S. citizens. Why did we need a new test? Well, we didn't. But the Trump administration put one in place. And not only is it filled with right wing bias, it's also riddled with hilarious factual errors, legal errors, historical errors. They can't do anything right in spirit nor by the letter. So for those who aren't familiar with this test, anyone not born a citizen uh, needs to pass an oral test to become a citizen, to become naturalized. Uh, 20 questions, you have to pass 12. And it, that's a 60 percent correct answer rate. The new test is filled with questions about most things, about things that most people born in the U.S. as citizens don't even know. Specific questions about Alexander Hamilton, the Trump administration has put in questions about the 10th Amendment, which most people know nothing about. And it's clear that the idea is to just make it more difficult to become a naturalized citizen. And in order to do so, you have to sort of buy into a bunch of right wing Trumpian propaganda. Some of them actually say these new questions that the correct answer is something that is just factually wrong. Here's an example question. Who does a U.S. senator represent? The study guide says, says the study guide says the correct answer is citizens of the state. Now, this might seem obvious, but senators represent all people in a state. It includes permanent residents, as an example. Now, this is clearly an anti-immigration type of answer. Senators don't represent illegals. Now, in some ways, 
senators do represent undocumented immigrants. But even without arguing that the the correct answer can't be all citizens because permanent residents here legally with green cards have representation from senators. So it's it's factually wrong. Here's another wacky question from Trump's new citizenship test. What are three rights of everyone living in the United States? And you can choose from freedom of expression, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition the government, freedom of religion, the right to bear arms. Those would all be acceptable. Missing is the right to a lawyer, the right to due process, the right to equal protection, the right to freedom from unreasonable search and seizure. It, it just those are not listed as acceptable answers. The right to bear arms, which is listed, is not absolute. Felons, as an example, are limited in their right to bear arms, but the right to due process is completely missing. It's a factual joke. And then one more for you. What is the supreme law of the land? The study guide says the answer is the U.S. Constitution. This is utterly insane. The law of the land includes the Constitution, all laws, statutes and treaties that we have. And that's even in the Constitution. The Constitution says that the full law includes statutes and law statutes, not statutes, statutes, laws and treaties. Trump couldn't even pass this test. Let me put it a different way. Even Trump couldn't pass the bogus test they've created, even as they delineate the right answers. And Trump also couldn't pass the test that we had up until December 1st. This is really horrible. And it's sort of a uh, um, it, it encapsulates so much of what is wrong about the perspective that is espoused by this administration. Now, the good news is this is something that Joe Biden should relatively quickly be able to fix once he takes office. Uh, and I hope that he will. Let me know your thoughts. I'm on Twitter at D Pacman, and we'll be back right after this. The David Pacman Show at DavidPacman.com. You may not have known this, but when you see me sitting here on the show, I am often wearing shirts by a company called Teddy Stratford. I asked them to be a sponsor because they are by far my favorite shirts that I own with almost all other slim fit button up shirts I've worn. You get this annoying stretched out gap in the chest where the buttons are, which does not look good. But what makes Teddy Stratford shirts unique is this patented zipper that's hidden underneath the buttons, which actually prevents the chest from looking weird and stretched out like that. It looks really good. And just all around, they cut the entire shirt in a specific way that makes your upper body look a lot better. It's just a much nicer and more stylish fit than you get from other shirts. And they hand make everything with 100 percent Egyptian cotton and flat felled seams, which means it's going to be a lot more durable than other shirts and last a lot longer, which I really love. Go check them out at davidpackmancom slash Teddy. The link is in the podcast notes and they'll give you 15 percent off your first order if you use the coupon code Pacman at checkout. That's P-A-K-M-A-N. One of our sponsors today is Magic Spoon. The reason I'm such a fan of Magic Spoon is they allow me to enjoy the delicious breakfast cereals I loved as a kid without all the sugar and without the unhealthy ingredients, because Magic Spoon makes breakfast cereal that you really can't tell apart from those tasty sugary cereals that we all know. But each serving of Magic Spoon has no sugar three net carbs and 11 grams of protein. So it's perfect for someone 
on a low carb keto diet, just anybody trying to eat healthier and cut back on the sugar. You can choose from cocoa, frosted fruity, cinnamon, blueberry or peanut butter. They all taste amazing. And Magic Spoon now lets you create your own customized variety pack with the flavors you choose. They really do stand by their product and will refund 100 percent of your money if you don't love it. No questions asked. Go to magicspoon.com slash Pacman to build your own custom variety box today and be sure to use promo code Pacman to get free shipping. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pacman Show at davidpacman.com. Remember that the David Pacman show is mostly funded by individuals just like you. They're they're no different than you. It's people exactly like you who grab a membership at joinpacman.com. You get the daily commercial free audio and video streams of the show, as well as the daily bonus show, the members only newsletter and so many other things. Sign up at joinpacman.com. Big news overnight. Donald Trump's personal lawyer, 76 year old Rudy Giuliani, has tested positive for coronavirus. Donald Trump confirming the diagnosis via Twitter yesterday, saying, quote, Rudy Giuliani, by far the greatest mayor in the history of New York City and who has been working tirelessly exposing the most corrupt election by far in the history of the United States, has tested positive for the China virus back to calling it the China virus. Get better soon, Rudy. We will carry on. Now, of course, there is nothing surprising about this. Rudy Giuliani has been flying daily all over the country for weeks, sitting in rooms with 100 or more different people every day, many without masks, all to promote bogus voter fraud conspiracies. The only surprising thing about Rudy and coronavirus is it took this long for Rudy to test positive. So there's a few elements to this story. First is the personal health element. Rudy 76 at minimum. He's overweight. I don't know if he would be considered obese, unsure about other comorbidities. So question one is how serious of a case will Rudy have? And as with everybody, I hope he gets uh, uh, to experience a full and speedy recovery. Uh, many people do not. Um, that's question one. Part two. How many people did Rudy Giuliani expose or give the virus to in the days prior to the positive test? He was all over different hearings without a mask around lawmakers from different states, also not wearing masks next to another Trump attorney, Jenna Ellis, also without a mask. So he may be another super spreader. Arizona's uh, legislature has shut down because they were all exposed by Rudy Giuliani just a few days ago. That's part number two. Part number three. How does this impact Trump's continued voter fraud campaign? Will they keep having hearings and filing bogus legal complaints with other attorneys working for them? Will Rudy work from home? Who knows? Rudy, uh, as, of, as of last night, uh, had been checked into a hospital for treatment. And then fourth, and this is just amazing, the number of people convinced that this is actually part of the conspiracy is stunning. I jokingly tweeted yesterday and anyone who knows me knows it's obvious satire. I posted to Twitter a fake conspiratorial post again, obviously joking. I said, quote, doesn't anybody find it a little suspicious that just as Rudy was traveling all over the country, ready to expose affidavits that would overturn the election, he gets covid and now has to stop exposing the fraud. It's too convenient. Now, that was a joke. And somehow this tweet got caught in some kind of Twitter trending topics thing. 
And people were agreeing with me. People responded. Yeah, it is a bit of a stretch. A woman named Marlene responded. Yep. And I don't believe Trump had it either. A woman named Debbie suggested Rudy doesn't really have covid, but that quote, I wonder if Trump sidelined him because of all the losing. It got so bad that I had to post a follow up tweet where I said, holy, you know what? I can't believe I have to add this, but my post is satire, you lunatics. So that's very, very bad. And of course, we wish Rudy the best and a full recovery. And at the same time, we hope that he will drop the bogus voter fraud nonsense because it's been so, so corrosive to democracy. Rudy Giuliani positive for coronavirus and in the hospital. And we now must discuss um, Georgia, Georgia, which will determine who ends up controlling the Senate beyond January 20th. Let's go to that next. So this is super important for us to understand and think about. We briefly spoke about it on a bonus show last week, but now that we're closer to these Georgia Senate runoff elections, let's dive in even further. There is a contingent of Trumpists in Georgia who are thinking of boycotting the special Senate runoff elections and staying home. Why are they thinking of doing that? Because they're mad that as they see it, as Donald Trump has been telling them, the Georgia Republican governor and secretary, uh, 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 Georgia secretary of state haven't fought hard enough to give Trump the election, even though Joe Biden won it. Okay, that's even though Joe Biden won and Trump lost, there are Republicans who are thinking of boycotting the, the Senate runoffs because they think Brian Kemp and the secretary of state in Georgia, uh, Brad Raffensperger, should have done more to steal the election for Donald Trump. That's some Trumpists. And they're saying boycott the January 5th Senate elections because we want to punish Georgia Republicans for doing that. Other Trumpist Republicans are thinking of boycotting the January 5 Senate election because they believe it's rigged. And just like it was rigged against Trump, they believe that they voted for Trump in large numbers. But because of the rigging they lost, they likewise believe if we vote on January 5, it also is rigged. So we're going to boycott in protest. There's two different sides to this boycott. Now, the Republican Party realizes that if they keep calling it rigged, they might inadvertently encourage people not to vote, which will make them lose both of these Senate elections, which would be great for us, but bad for them. So it is rally on Saturday night in Georgia. Yes, there are rallies and we will get to clips later. Donald Trump was at the same time attacking the system in Georgia as rigged, claiming he really won Georgia, attacking Governor Brian Kemp, attacking the secretary of state, but also saying, and by the way, we really have to vote in Georgia. Sort of an incoherent message. If it's all rigged and fake and stolen, why is it that people should vote? Isn't it going to happen again? Now, I've received a ton of emails from our viewers saying, David, you should participate in this. Encourage start playing up that it was rigged to trick and encourage Republicans into not voting. It would be really great because control of the Senate is riding on this. You should encourage Republicans to boycott, get them to stay home. And then John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock will win. Here's my thought on this. For more than a decade on this program, I've been calling for and, and advocating for and encouraging more civic engagement, which starts with voting. Everyone should vote has been my perspective and my mantra for years. I believe in total the country is better off with more people having a stake, feeling involved. And it, uh, and by the way, I think it's better for the progressive movement to have higher turnout. Republicans uh, know that they do better by suppressing the vote. They have a different view. 
I don't want that. I want more voting and I want more engagement. So it would be immoral for me to now say Republicans, you should stay home because it was rigged, especially when it wasn't rigged other than their own voter suppression, which failed to actually give them the win. So it would be morally wrong and antithetical to my beliefs to start encouraging uh, Republican voters not to vote. Now, that being said, if Republicans as a strategy want to encourage their own voters to boycott the election, I'm not going to get in the way. This is sort of like I would never wish death on anyone, but I could at the same time recognize that sometimes the world is better off with certain people not around. Um, I, I would never hope that someone becomes ill or dies, but I can still feel OK saying this was a bad person that did bad things. We're better with them not doing those things anymore. Similarly, I believe in voting. I believe in civic engagement. I believe in participation in democracy. I would never encourage otherwise. And I recognize if Republicans are telling Republicans not to vote, it might lead to Republicans losing the Senate. And that would be a very good thing for the country. So I'm not going to get in the way. If you really did believe it was rigged, which it's not, not in favor of Democrats in Georgia. In Georgia, you have the opposite. You have Republicans who have purged voter rolls, shut down polling places, and all of that stuff. But if you really believed it was rigged and that your vote didn't matter, it follows logically that you might decide to boycott the election. Now, in the meantime, let's not be stupid. Let's phone bank, let's door knock safely, let's register to vote. Let's request absentee ballots and let's try to win these two races on January 5th. So we're going to take a quick break. After the break, I will have clips for you from yesterday's debate between Kelly Leffler and Raphael Warnock. It's wacky. And you can find some of those clips on our Instagram as well, which is David Pakman show on Instagram. Find me on Instagram at David as well. The David Pakman show at David I'm really excited that uh, one of our sponsors today is Helix Sleep. I sleep on a Helix mattress at home. I absolutely love it. And that's why I reached out to them about sponsoring the David Pakman show. Buying a mattress in the past was always a huge guessing game for me. I didn't know what I actually needed. I didn't know what I would like. But Helix has a sleep quiz on their website. You tell them your body type, your sleeping position, your back pain issues you might have. And their tool matched me with a mattress that is perfect for me. It's cool enough at night. It's the right firmness. I generally just do way better sleeping these days because of the mattress. Helix was awarded number one best overall mattress for the last two years by both GQ and Wired magazine. It is well deserved. I can tell you firsthand every Helix mattress comes with a 10 year warranty. You can try the mattress risk free for 100 nights and they will even come pick it up at your house if you don't love it. But I know you will. All of my viewers will get up to $200 off your order and you'll get two super premium pillows for free when you go to helixsleep.com slash Pacman. That's H E L I X sleep.com forward slash P A K M A N. You can also find the link in the podcast notes for this episode. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. One of the things I make a priority on the show is not to perpetuate stigma for things that don't deserve it. We've talked about mental health. We've talked about many things where we should all just be respectful adults, period, and we would be better off. 
And Blue Chew can increase performance and give you that extra confidence you may be looking for. BlueChew.com, blue like the color blue, is the first chewable with the same FDA-approved ingredient as in Viagra and Cialis. It can be taken day or night, even on a full stomach, since it's chewable. Blue Chew is prescribed online by licensed doctors. You don't have to go to a doctor's office. You don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships right to your door in a discreet package. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. We've got a special deal for our viewers and listeners. Go to bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use our promo code Pacman. That's P A K M A N. Pay just $5 shipping. That's B L U E chew.com. Promo code Pacman to try it totally free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the David Pakman show. Welcome back to the David Pakman show. I have some absolutely must see clips for you today. Remember that as we talked about before the break, uh, some of the 2020 elections aren't over. The presidential election is over. Trump lost. But the Senate is still to be determined by two runoff elections, both in Georgia, both on January 5th. The deadline for registering to vote in Georgia is today online and today by mail must be postmarked by today, uh, December 7th. The deadline for absentee ballot requests is January 1. Early voting starts Monday, December 14th, a week from today. One of those races is incumbent Republican Senator David Perdue against Democratic challenger John Ossoff. Now, David Perdue will not be debating John Ossoff because John Ossoff completely humiliated David Perdue in the last debate. Here is a reminder of that. Well, perhaps Senator Perdue would have been able to respond properly to the COVID-19 pandemic if you hadn't been fending off multiple federal investigations for insider trading. It's not just that you're a crook, Senator. It's that you're attacking the health of the people that you represent. That was absolutely brutal. I considered actually calling and reporting a murder when I saw that. I've never seen anything like that. And Purdue bailed on all future debates because it was such a disaster. But the other race did have a debate yesterday. Unelected incumbent Senator Kelly Leffler, one of the most corrupt senators in the Senate right now, uh, has a challenger in Raphael Warnock. They debated last night and Leffler appeared to malfunction going into dozens of repetitions of the same four or five phrases. It was bizarre. She looked like a robot. She didn't move and had this weird sideways smirk on her face. She mostly refused to even look at her opponent and she repeated the same things over and over and over again. No matter the question, no matter the topic, Loeffler, Leffler would just repeat one of the four or five things that she said throughout the entire hour's debate, which I covered live for you on YouTube, Twitch and Facebook. Now, one of our viewers who goes by the name Gaslit Citizen on Twitter put this together at my request. You're going to see that no matter the topic, Kelly Leffler keeps repeating radical liberal Raphael Warnock, radical liberal Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, the American dream, the American dream, the American dream. I grew up on a farm. I grew up on a farm. These are all unique instances from the debate. Not nothing is repeated here. Take a look. 
New Deal. I'm fighting for the Chuck Schumer. No, Chuck Schumer. 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 And Nancy Pelosi to live the American dream. 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 And the agent of change is my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. 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 Is there agent of change? But all those things that you're warning about would not be happening, presumably, with President Trump as president. So it almost sounds as though you're conceding that that part of it has been settled, and now it's important for the Republicans to to keep the majority in the Senate to, uh, to have a divided government. I was born and raised on a farm. I was born and raised on a farm. I was born and raised on a farm. I grew up working in the fields. I grew up working in the fields. I grew up working in the fields. I waitressed my way through school. I waitressed my way through high school and college. And I was the first in my family to graduate from college. And I was the first in my family to graduate from college. It really is bizarre. And her use of this phrase, radical liberal, Raphael Warnock, clearly something she thinks will help her with the Georgia electorate. And it may. I mean, it's possible that she's doing this because it, she can't actually justify staying in the Senate based on anything she's done. So she's just attacking her opponent. Here are some instances of that. And check this out, wrapping it up in a bow with socialism at the end. Democrats want to fundamentally change America. And the agent of change is my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock. Rad radical liberal Raphael Warnock has partnered with Stacey Abrams. My opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, would be a rubber stamp. And my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, is his agent of change. You've just heard radical liberal Raphael Warnock. But my opponent, radical liberal Raphael Warnock, is a socialist from radical liberal Raphael Warnock, or we can take the path of socialism that radical liberal Raphael Warnock wants to bring to our country. They want to radically change our country, and their agent of change is radical liberal Raphael Warnock. They want to fundamentally change America, and radical liberal Raphael Warnock is their agent of change. Look, you've just heard radical liberal Raphael Warnock lie about my record. I have never seen anything like this other than, other than, it did remind me of the 2016 Republican primary debate where Marco Rubio's software seemed to similarly glitch and Chris Christie called him out on it. Here's a flashback to 2016 when Rubio seemed unable to repeat anything other than that same answer uh, about Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing. Take a look at this. And let's dispel once and for all with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. But I would add this. Let's dispel with this fiction that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Facts. Here's the bottom line. This notion that Barack Obama doesn't know what he's doing is just not there true. There it is. He knows exactly what he's doing. There it is. The memorized 25-second speech. Well, that's the, that's there the it is, reason everybody. why this campaign is so important. To the Gang of Eight bill first. Well, here's the response. If I think... Anyone who believes that Barack Obama isn't doing what he's doing on purpose doesn't understand what we're dealing with here. Okay, this is a president. This is a president who is trying to change this country. Yeah. <laughs> so that uh, that was a very strange event. Yesterday's debate was completely surreal. So earlier yesterday, you had John Ossoff asking questions of an empty podium. 
because his opponent, David Perdue, refuses to debate him after Ossoff crushed him. And then you have Kelly Leffler just stuck on repeat, repeating the same things. They both need to be removed. And uh, Kelly Leffler also continuing to refuse to accept that Donald Trump won the election. Check out how she handled that question. And there's a little glitch in this clip, which I apologize for. Yeah, my my question is actually pretty simple. Uh, yes or no, Senator Leffler, did Donald Trump lose the election? You know, President Trump has every right to use every legal recourse available. In our own state, we've seen time and again that we have investigations that need to be completed. So as you can see, we did not get a yes or no out of her, but she refuses to simply say, well, yeah, Trump did lose the polling. I'm not even going to show you. They're all ties. You have you know, I could say, oh, Leffler is tied in a poll and up one in another and down one in another. And Ossoff is up two, but then down. These are all what I call practically speaking ties. It's going to come down to turnout. It's going to come down to getting the vote out so you can get involved. You can phone bank, you can text bank, you can go and door knock safely if you are in Georgia. And of course, you can uh, donate and vote if you live in Georgia as well. Um, so let's just consider these ties and get to work. Donald Trump held a huge rally this weekend. Wait, what? Yes, he lost the election. Yes, there's a raging pandemic with record cases and deaths. And yes, Trump's rally in Georgia had a huge crowd, huge crowd, very few masks and went almost into a third hour of Trump ranting. And Trump is still insisting he won the election. The rally hilariously was ostensibly to support the two Republican Senate candidates running in Georgia. Trump devoted about 20 minutes of the nearly three hours to them. He's just too self-centered and narcissistic. Uh, to make it about them. And you've got to see this to believe it. As I mentioned, it, this was almost Fidel Castro like in nature. Trump almost went into a third hour in Valdosta, Georgia, ranting about whatever crossed his mind. And the upside is this will end soon. He is only president six and a half more weeks, my friend. So let's dive directly into it because we have a lot to get to. Trump kicking off the rally with the lie that he won the state of Georgia. Thank you very much, and thank you, Melania. And I want to say hello, Georgia. We did a great job. You know, we won Georgia, just so you understand. So Trump, of course, lost Georgia. Joe Biden won Georgia. And as scary as it is that a president still says this a full month after an election, it's scarier that a crowd of thousands is cheering it. That's really the scary part. Hilariously, Trump almost admitted that he lost, but then he backpedaled, realizing he was about to implicitly concede. Take a look at this. I think they say that if you win Florida and if you win Ohio in history, you've never lost an election. This has got to be a first time. But the truth is they were right. We've never lost an election. We're winning this election. And, and of course, again, the fact that people cheer for these lies is horrifying. Trump wasn't just declaring non-existent victories electorally. He also declared victory in the Christmas war, the war on Christmas, a fake, phony, non-existent war. Out hardworking American patriots. Let me begin by wishing you all a very Merry Christmas. Remember the word? Remember? 
We started five years ago, and I said, you're going to be saying Christmas again, and we say it proudly again, although they'll, they'll be trying to take that word again out of the vocabulary. We're not going to let them do that. That war doesn't exist. Neither did the war on Thanksgiving that he talked about just weeks ago. And then Donald Trump falsely claimed that a lot of people are already vaccinated from covid. That was weird. And let me also express our warmest best wishes and love to all of those people and families suffering from the covid pandemic. Vaccines are on their way at a level that nobody ever thought possible. It would have taken another administration five years. It took us seven months. And they're starting next week and we're going to start vaccinating. And a lot of people already are vaccinated. It's called you have you caught it and you're immune. Now, of course, nobody's been vaccinated other than the people that were part of the clinical trials for the vaccines. Trump, I guess, meant people who got the virus and recovered are immune. Just as a reminder, we don't know how long immunity from recovered patients lasts. It's unclear whether you are immune longer if you had a more serious case of the virus versus an asymptomatic case, as an example. Very dangerous for Trump to be spreading this type of stuff when we have a raging pandemic. Another incredible moment was Trump telling people to vote for Kelly Leffler and David Perdue in the upcoming Senate runoffs, while in the same breath saying it's completely rigged, which, as we talked about earlier, might actually convince people not to vote. Our state has had this prominence on Senate races because they're never together. And uh, this is something that's very important. And you have to get out and you have to vote. You have to make sure you have every vote counted. Every vote has to count. You got to make sure they don't throw away any ballots. You got to make sure that when they collect the ballots and they start bragging about how many ballots they already have, you got to make sure your secretary of state knows what the hell he's doing. And you got to make sure your governor gets a lot tougher than he's been. He's got to get a lot tougher. You really should vote, but it's rigged. Trump also attacking the Georgia governor, uh, Brian Kemp and the uh, Georgia secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger, just out of this world lunacy at this rally. Then Trump pulled out the C word. Uh, No, not that one that you might imagine he would use about Kamala Harris. This is communism about Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Of course, there's not a single communistic idea in Joe Biden's platform, not a single socialist idea in the campaign, nor in the incoming administration so far. These people want to go further than socialism. They want to go into a communistic form of government. And I have no doubt about it. Somehow that doesn't suit Georgia too well. That's not now. Of course, if you go up to anybody at that rally, And you say, yes, good evening, sir or ma'am, which Biden policies are communistic? Ask them what communism even is. It will get very embarrassing very quickly, but they're continuing to harp on this meme, which, by the way, the meme might have won Georgia, uh, Florida for Trump. It's conceivable that Florida went that way because the, the socialism meme worked on Cuban Americans in Florida. So I'm not pretending it doesn't work. I'm just telling you it's bonkers. And then a completely Kafka esque moment when Trump read from printed out sheets of paper that have so-called irrefutable facts about the election. Take a look at this or a rigged election. There's no way it could have happened. You know, it's uh, it's interesting. I wrote this out and I had just a few of the facts, which I think because I want to get onto the presidential. I want to I want to stay on presidential, but I got to get to these two because they're incredible. but listen to this. These are the facts and each fact 
is like irrefutable and it, it means win. President Trump received, done by one of the most brilliant political people, President Trump received more votes than any previous incumbent president in history. And we lost. And we lost. So we received more votes than anybody in history, any incumbent in history. And we lost, supposedly. We didn't lose. We're gonna, you're going to see that. No incumbent who received 75% of the total primary vote lost re-election in the history of our country. Every single one of these, of course, has a but. Trump received more votes than any previous incumbent, but still millions of fewer votes than Joe Biden. An incumbent with 75% of the primary vote has never previously lost, but there really wasn't a Republican primary this year because of the pandemic. And the number is not causal. It's a correlational number in any case. The entire night was like this again and again and just at, literally hours of it. Trump still then after you know he ranted for two hours and then still hasn't figured out that the election is over. Listen to this one. Good. And they want to hurt it very badly. And if these two don't get in or if I don't get in and these don't, we got to get the best would be all three. Yeah. Nothing will happen. All three. Then there's a hilarious moment where Trump is talking about who knows what at a rally supposedly from Georgia uh, for Georgia Senate candidates. Th these are just non sequitur rantings. I don't know what he's talking about here. I like to say it came from Europe. No, actually, well, specifically it came from Italy. Italy's saying, what did we do? They'll wage war on American energy, absolutely decimating Georgia's middle class. They will. Your bills will go up. Not a huge energy producer, but Texas. Remember, they said Trump will lose Texas by a lot. I said, wait a minute. I'm in favor of energy. I'm the one that built. We have the greatest energy we've ever had. That is Trump rallying in support of Georgia Senate candidates. Imagine what he would be doing if he was trying to hurt them rather than help. And then Trump claims to have won Wisconsin, which he lost. How much? And we knew that before, but it's fake news. They said Wisconsin. A poll came out, Washington Post, ABC, just before the election. I'm going to lose Wisconsin by 17 points. I said, no, I'm going to win Wisconsin. Well, actually, I won Wisconsin. They're trying to say he's a little down, but I actually won. And then one more bizarre moment, Donald Trump talking about the vegetables he likes. Uh, blueberries, peppers, squash and cucumbers. Who who does cucumbers around here? Because I like cucumbers. Can you? I'm the only one. I like cucumbers. Absolute, absolute last one. Trump wrongly telling people they really need to vote on June 5th. The election is actually on January 5th. But everything that we've achieved together is on the line on June 5th. So this is funny. And, you know, to see the, the delusional petulant child who still can't admit he lost. But it is really, really dangerous. This is corrosive to democracy. This is a global embarrassment. And this also has the potential to be stochastic terrorism. Trump is railing against poll workers, against the secretary of state, against governors, against Democrats, against Biden, saying he stole it. They stole it. It's all stolen. This actually can inspire people to violence. And we've already seen uh, people inspired by these rantings to start harassing and going after poll workers in Georgia and even other states. So this has a very real world component. It's not just corrosive to democracy ideologically. It, it also actually could inspire real violence against people. And um, again, just a few more weeks of this, just a few more weeks of this. Let's take a quick break. We will be back with very much more in just mere moments. 
The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. If you ever feel like you just don't have enough time to read all the books you want to read, you have to check out one of my favorite apps called Blinkist. Blinkist takes thousands of popular nonfiction books and distills each one down into an ebook or audiobook that you can get through in just 15 minutes where you're getting all the key takeaways from the book. Just imagine how you'll be able to expand your horizons and knowledge by being able to soak up all of the important insights from 10 different books in an afternoon. Obviously, it's perfect for exposing yourself to a new book you otherwise wouldn't have time for, or you can use it to revisit a book you've already read or use it to preview a book before you buy the full version and read it. I recently read A Brief History of Time, of course, by the great Stephen Hawking. This is a book that I have been aware of for so long and other things got in the way. And it was fantastic to check it out on Blinkist. Blinkist has books on politics, philosophy, science. They have 27 different nonfiction categories and a subscription is only about eight bucks a month and you get access to the entire library. But you can try it totally free and get 25 percent off a subscription when you go to Blinkist.com slash Pacman. That's B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T dot com slash Pacman. The David Pakman Show at davidpakman.com. So as we're getting closer and closer to vaccine approval in the United States, which could come as soon as Thursday or Friday of this week um, or over the weekend, there are more and more explosive disagreements about what needs to be done right now in terms of the virus. And there was a conversation about this that completely exploded on CNBC a few days ago. Now, for context, if you've been following the absolutely horrifying numbers, cases in the United States have gone off the charts. We've had as many as 200,000 cases per day recently, and it's not just cases that have been increasing. Deaths have also exploded and now looking like we could have really a sustained period uh, of 3000 deaths per day for some time. That's essentially a 9-11's worth of deaths every single day. Now, assuming the vaccine is shortly approved, it's going to be a relatively slow rollout. If you look optimistically, we would have the capacity to vaccinate maybe six to eight percent of the population per month, maybe more if we get a second vaccine, maybe even a third vaccine approved and starting to be supplied. So the point is, no matter what, the next three months are going to be a time where we have to be really, really careful. So on CNBC, anchor Andrew Ross Sorkin who has mostly been in favor of just following what experts say. It's not he's coming up with this stuff. He's mostly been saying, here's what the medical experts are saying. He was on an interview panel with correspondent Rick Santelli and Rick Santelli has been wildly out of control, loudly and defiantly ridiculing and ignoring varieties of guidelines. And the situation escalated really quickly. Let's take a look. Yes. No, I believe me. I, I believe in careful. And when I point out governors cheating, it's not for the hypocrisy which exists. It's the fact that I think many of these governors are intelligent people and they love their families, which they've taken out into restaurants. Therefore, there is actually and should be an ongoing debate as to 
you know, why a, a parking lot for a big box store like by my house is jam-packed. Not one parking spot open. Why are those people any safer than a restaurant with plexiglass? I, I, I just don't get it. And I think there's a million of these questions that could be asked. And I think it's really sad that when we look at the service sector and all the discussions we've had about job losses, that that particular dynamic isn't studied more, isn't worked more. We don't put more people in a room and try to figure out ways so that these service sector employees and employers could all come back in a safer way. You can't tell me that shutting down, which is the easiest answer, is necessarily the only answer. So now here so far, although Rick and I could could do uh, would come to different conclusions. I don't disagree with Rick about what he's saying. There are many guidelines, particularly when you look between states, but also within states that aren't coherent. He says, why is it safe to jam pack a big box store? But a small restaurant can't be open. That's a great question. And in fact, it doesn't appear to be safe to jam pack the big box store in many states where people aren't wearing masks, especially big box stores are exactly where a lot of the contagion is happening. Rick is inadvertently getting to an important point, which is it's not that open all restaurants. It's the big box stores aren't actually safe. Back in early November, officials in El Paso, Texas found a huge number of cases were being transmitted at big box stores in El Paso, including Walmart, Target, Home Depot and Lowe's. So the problem is Rick saying open everything because the big box stores are open. It seems really what we need is the big box stores need to dramatically reduce capacity. So then Andrew Ross Sorkin jumps in and this gets ugly pretty quickly. Rick, I just I, I just as a, as a as a public health and public service announcement uh, for the audience, the difference wait, between wait, a big all, box retailer. Who is this? Hold on. The difference between <clears throat> it's oh, Andrew. the different the else? difference between a who big else? box retailer. Hold on. The difference between a big box retailer and a restaurant or, frankly, even a, a church are so different, it's unbelievable. Going I disagree. Into a big box retailer, I disagree. You're wear, I disagree. You're wearing you can a mask. have your thoughts and I you're can have mine. You're required to wear a mask. I disagree. I, it's science. I'm sorry. It's science. If it's you're wearing a mask, science. it's a different story. 500 people at a Lowe's aren't any safer than 150 people in a restaurant that holds 600. I don't believe it. Sorry. Don't believe okay. it. And I you, live in an area don't... where there's a lot of restaurants that have fought back and they don't have any problems. And they're open. Okay. You don't have to believe it, but let me just say this. You're doing a I disservice to I the won't. viewer because the viewers need to you understand it. You are doing it. a disservice we, we are to the viewer. You are. You are. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If, 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 I, I would like to keep our viewers as healthy as humanly possible. The idea of packing people into yeah. restaurants. I think our viewers are smart enough to make part of those decisions on their own. So it quickly, quickly became, no, you are, but what am I? Um, and now Rick actually says something interesting. Our viewers are smart enough to decide on their own. That is just not true. I, I hate it that it's not true. Check out my video, viral video from what was it, a year or so ago? Uh, we have to accept that a lot of people are stupid. Have you seen the Trump rallies where rally goers are asked, why aren't you wearing a mask? And the answers range from the virus doesn't exist. It's a fake news conspiracy. Masks do nothing. I'm protected by Jesus because I prayed. The problem is you need the guidelines to be stricter than what most people would need because there's people that will disregard them completely. 
You say outdoor is fine without masks, as was said earlier in the pandemic. Then you see hundreds of people packing narrow hiking trails in California. They've found the one way to make outdoor not safe. So now you need to say, well, you need masks outdoors as well. You got to close the hiking trails. People aren't smart enough. That's an unfortunate thing. Let's see the last bit of this. I don't things. think that I'm much smarter different than all the viewers like some people do. Can I get in here, please, and get back to the how's jobs that, report? How's that working out for you, Rick? How's it all working out for you? I mean, look at the numbers, Rick. It's working I, out fine. I, I, working I, I, out think, fine I think Steve, the numbers, Rick, fine. belie. Rick, Rick, the numbers show that the I understand idea of let it's it rip a horrible has not worked thing, all that well. and people are getting sick and dying. It's I not worked understand all that well, Rick. It. I just think I, the I way think, we deal with it isn't necessarily So, of course, the way we've dealt with this hasn't been optimal. That's absolutely true. No coordinated federal response going back ten months now. Um, disinformation coming out of the White House. The White House, a vector of disinformation. Replacing, you know, we could pick anything, replacing Dr. Anthony Fauci with a radiologist for months, as Donald Trump did, um, suggesting maybe you inject bleach and hit the body with the disinfectant. But part of the reason we need to be fighting uphill is because of people like uh, like Rick Santelli. So I, I think that, um, listen, I, I've said before, you look at states with high and low mask usage, at least on paper. And sometimes you don't see dramatic differences in contagion. What explains that? Well, you've got to dig deeper. Uh, maybe the state with the high mask usage on paper, people are having more indoor gatherings because it's a cold state. And so you don't have people ab abiding by only hanging out outdoors. I get that there are still many questions we don't understand. You look at Latin American countries on paper, some of the strictest guidelines and, and even actual lockdowns. And they have some incredible rates of contagion. Well, when you dig into it, you realize on paper, the guidelines are strict. Nobody's abiding by them. I get it. But we can't pretend that the problem is merely that all of the scientists are wrong and have no idea what's going on. It, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And that escalated very, very quickly. A uh, Lara Trump. Is it Lara or Lara? Lara Trump is Donald Trump's daughter in law. She's the wife of Donald Trump's son, Eric Trump, and she's been increasingly erratic and cartoonishly histrionic in her appearances on a bunch of different right wing media programs lately. She appeared over the weekend on a few shows in this first clip. I'm going to play for you. She insists that the election is not over. Don't you dare think Joe Biden will be sworn in on January 20th, which, of course, he will be sworn in on January 20th because Donald Trump stops being president on January 20th at noon. But she says, don't you dare think that we're fighting all the way to the end. I want to make it very clear to the American people. This is not over. So don't for a second think that Joe Biden is going to be sworn in on January 20th. Joe Biden, of course, will be sworn in on January 20th. And what she means by the American people shouldn't think it's over is their donors shouldn't think it's over because they should keep donating money. 50% of which Trump is using not to file recounts or legal challenges, but to pay off his own campaign debt. That's what she really means by that. Lara Trump also appeared on Judge Jeanine Pirro's outrageous propaganda show on Fox News. And when Lara Trump brings up all the court filings, Janine actually seems to be like 2% connected to reality and points out that the courts aren't being moved by these court filings. And of course, they're not because the court filings are bogus. Check out that moment from the interview. 
state legislatures in so many states, they have held hearings in several states where we've been able to bring right. witnesses forward to tell their own testimony about what they saw, what happened to them. Uh, and, and yet and, it's I mean, not if moving you hear them. Some of these, it, it's not, but you know it's what? Uh, the them. Constitution... Judge Janine is correct. And of course, with Rudy Giuliani now positive for COVID, it's unclear whether he's even going to be able to continue doing these court filings, which are bogus anyway. On that same episode of Judge Janine Pirro's weekend propaganda hour, Lara Trump casually says Trump won Georgia and also won the election in a landslide. And Janine Pirro is a statue. She doesn't move. If you're watching, you will notice Janine Pirro does not even move as Lara Trump says this. We know Donald Trump won the state of Georgia. We know he won this election in a landslide, and we're going to prove that very, very soon. How much of their own base do you think believes that at this point? Because remember that a couple of weeks ago, it's actually crazy. It's been almost a month now. It's been more than a month since the election, about a month since this poll. There was a poll that uh, showed 60 percent of Trump voters believed that Rudy's hearings and lawsuits and stuff like that would overturn the election results and lead to Donald Trump getting a second term starting in just about a month. I have to imagine that that number has declined since the hearings clearly have gone nowhere, right? Like it could I'm guessing maybe 40 percent of Trump voters now believe that this is actually going to work. It must be declining, although I'd love to see new data on it. And then this next moment is really sort of a keen insight into the way that Donald Trump does business. That this is it's it's um, unintentional genius, I would call it. Lara Trump sort of says the quiet part out loud. She says, listen, Trump did a favor to Georgia Republican Governor Brian Kemp. Trump helped Brian Kemp become governor. And now Brian Kemp needs to do Donald Trump a favor, which is code for figure out a way to overturn the results, even though Joe Biden won. This is how they operate. Who cares if it's illegal? Kemp owes Trump a favor. Don't you guys understand? You're right, Janine. Uh, governor Kemp owes his uh, position as governor, quite frankly, to Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, it, it would be nice if he you know, reciprocated in some way, not just to make sure that this goes the way that we know it went for the president, but for the American people. I mean, he owes it to all of us to do the right thing here. That is really telling that that you're not really supposed to say that out loud, but that is what it means to have businessman Trump as president. It's all favors, even if they're illegal. And of course, politics is favors and politics is influence peddling in a sense. I'm not naive to that, but it comes down to to what degree and is it legal? Trump lost an election and the favors he wants include governors finding illegal ways to disenfranchise the people that voted for Joe Biden and gave Joe Biden a victory in those states. So this is all as I've been referring to it, kind of the last big scam. It's the last big con. Keep saying they won. Keep the base engaged in order to keep raising money, half of which isn't actually used for what they claim it's being used for. Half is used to pay Donald Trump's campaign debt with Rudy now having covid and the official electoral vote happening in just a week. What is it that people are even donating to here? I have no idea, but these are really horrible people at their core. And as I've said before, they deserve to never work again. Um, and and the opposite may happen. Lara Trump reportedly considering running for Senate <laughs> in North Carolina. So the Trumps may never go away, but we'll let's let's uh, table that discussion until if and until it becomes a reality.
We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. You know, one of the blessings and simultaneously curses that we've seen over the last four months is that the audience has exploded in size. That's a really great thing from the standpoint of reaching more people. But it has also brought in all sorts of new haters, trolls, Trumpists and uh, tools of the right wing uh, uh, movement that are regularly trolling me. And sometimes the critiques are just really lame. Here's a guy who could come up with nothing more creative to say than my mouth is physically large. He said my mouth is big. Listen to this. Hello, I have a very quick uh, question for you, uh, Pacman. Why is your mouth so wide? Like I'm not here to judge. I'm not gonna say like I'm the most perfect looking guy, but you know, it's a very interesting question. Why why your mouth is at least, you know, two hundred yards long. Mm. You can uh, convert that into metric if you want to. I won't. Uh, uh, I'd really appreciate if you got to my question as soon as possible. And uh, thank you a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the answer if to answer seriously, I think it's just genetics, right? I mean, I I, I assume I am the genetics of uh, of my parents. But this is the type of stuff that is I mean, it's, it's daily stuff like this. Uh, there's another guy obsessed with the fact that I use my hands when I talk. That's the big critique of the show. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter what what anybody does. I'm using my hands when I talk. So I'm hoping that a lot of these folks as they I think they may be on a come down in a sense as they realize that Joe Biden's going to be president. And so they still want to keep calling in and attacking and engaging. But there's no factual basis on which to engage with me because Biden won and they're furious and, and, and all of that. So instead, they're focusing on stuff like this. It's sad to see, but unfortunately, it's very, very common. And uh, we, to some degree, I, I believe we'll have to continue dealing with it. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. Uh, in California, there is growing anger about stay at home orders. And we are starting to hear from sheriffs who say they will not be enforcing the stay at home orders. And I have a lot to talk about regarding this. Uh, we also now are seeing lab grown meat go on sale for the first time. We've been covering lab grown meat for a decade from when it was three hundred thousand dollars for an ounce. And we said the price will come down. This will be a thing in our lifetimes. No kill lab grown meat is now going on sale for the first time. We will talk about it. And also very interesting revelations about my accent. I have friends from the South who say I have a New York accent. Obviously, I don't. They just I think a lot of us northerners sound the same to them. Um, I have people who write in and say, oh, David, you're based in Boston. I can hear your Boston accent. I've never believed I had a Boston accent. I didn't grow up in Boston. And we finally have taken a dialect test and the revelations are explosive. I hope that they don't end the show because they are controversial. But we will discuss all of that and more on today's bonus show. Get instant access by becoming a member at joinpacman.com. <laughs> 